Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, last night, basketball season got underway. We'll talk to Asher Lowe about everything that happened in the first night of the season and also look ahead to the rest of the year here as the Big Ten and the whole country's basketball season started up. That's right here, right now. You're listening in to Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every weekday. Here on a Wednesday, we have our Wednesday co-host, Asher Lowe, in with us alongside me, Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day. Be sure to head over to Locked On Badgers once we're done and tune into their show. Subscribe however you listen. You know the drill. Asher and Ben Kenny do a good job over there on the pod. Asher, thanks for coming on to join us here on a Wednesday show to talk about what's going to be a basketball podcast since the season started up yesterday. Quite honestly, my fault. We haven't done a lot of basketball stuff yet going up. We, we talked, I think, a couple episodes in the preseason about basketball, but it's been mainly football because football is obviously still in full swing right now. But the season started yesterday, Asher. Just about everyone. I, I actually didn't count to see if it was every Big Ten team that was in action. We can do that in a minute. But it was close to everybody who was out there on the court. Michigan State, of course, had a big one against Kansas that it lost. But all around the conference, everyone got that first look at their teams. And you said before we went on, you were watching a lot. What are just some of your first impressions on what we saw? Maybe biggest takeaways from a big, big amount of information that we got in that first night. Yeah, so every Big Ten team played except for Michigan. Michigan starts tonight okay. against Buffalo at home, and that's going to be a really tough opening game for Michigan. You saw Ohio State yesterday struggling with Akron. Buffalo is a better version of Akron. They're a better MAC team than Akron is. They're expected to win their conference, and I think Michigan will be in for a really, really good game tonight. Now, I would definitely tune into that, Big Ten fans. Uh, catch that Buffalo-Michigan game. That's one of the best opening games in the Big Ten. Last night, obviously, the big story was the Champions Classic. That took the cake, right? Kansas and Michigan State, followed by Kentucky and Duke, the beginning of Coach K's coronation, the beginning of his retirement year and uh, his world tour. And that was kind of the big talk. They even did a, oh, my goodness, during the Kansas-Michigan State game, they did a whole college football playoff segment with, uh, with Kirk Herbstreet, and that really pissed me off. But they had to announce the rankings in between the games. I get that. I don't mind that. They do that every year. But they shouldn't have spent, like, half of the first half talking about it anyway kansas michigan state michigan state ran into a team yesterday that just simply has way more talent than they do it's not even close on paper ochai abaji looked really really good for kansas uh, coming off a year where his shot was always a question but looked really confident as a slasher yesterday at 29 led jayhawks remy martin transferred from arizona state is as good of a scorer at that position as you'll get in college basketball albeit a little bit inefficient and not necessarily the smartest point guard, will we say, uh, at times during his college career so far, but looked solid yesterday. Didn't even take a shot for a while in the first half, which is impressive for Remy Martin. And Michigan State really didn't have the answers. Max Christie, I thought, had some decent moments. The five-star who everybody's talking about for the Spartans. A.J. Hogard taking over for Rocket Watts, taking over for the guards of last year, I thought looked really solid in transition, made some things happen. Don't think he's like a next-level prospect, but I think he's a guy – that will be fun to watch. He makes smart decisions 
with the basketball in his hands, like I said, really good at pushing the pace and had some really nice moments to lead Michigan State scoring-wise yesterday with 17. Big upsets as well. Even on day one, Nebraska goes down to Western Illinois at home on a game-winning three late in that game. The Cornhuskers were expected to be the best team in Fred Hoiberg's tenure, and I don't think it's close on paper, but obviously a concerning loss. Didn't watch it all, so I have to watch that game to tell you exactly why they lost it. But on paper, that's a team that should be much better than they've been the last few years, and that is an auspicious start, to say the least, for Nebraska, who's supposed to be really good this year and have not necessarily really good, but compared to what they've been the last few years, really good, I guess would be the way I'd put it. Obviously, Akron giving Ohio State a scare, key with a bucket at the buzzer to finish that one. And Ohio State, listen, they lost a lot with Dwayne Washington. And I know Washington had his struggles at Ohio State in his first couple of years. A guy that, shall we say, always thinks the shot should be for him at times. Like, like he, he's a bit of a zoned-in, uh, tunnel vision player at times. But when it's going, it's going. And for all of the second half of last year, it felt like it was going until that NCAA tournament game against Oral Roberts. He had it rolling. They lose a lot of offense with him. And Jamari Wheeler and Michi Johnson, your backcourt combining for six total points, just isn't going to get it done in Big Ten play. So a concerning start for them. They lost a lot with Washington. But I'd say those were the biggest stories from uh, from day one in college basketball. Purdue looked amazing uh, against a good Bellarmine team, a team that finished second in the Atlantic Sun last year. Purdue looked really good. And they have a whole other issue to worry about where who do they start, Edie or Williams? It's going to be Edie right now. You're all Big Ten player, Trevor Now Williams coming off the bench, Nate. It doesn't even make much sense on paper. Yeah, sure. Tough week for Nebraska fans, really, overall, um, with that loss in the basketball court, too. But I want to go back to something you mentioned about the loss of Dwayne Washington for Ohio State. With those teams that are still going to be contending from last year, we, we talked about, like, obviously, how big Luca Garza is being gone from Iowa. That team's not ranked anymore. He's not the only guy not there that makes that happen. But you have Illinois, you have Ohio State, you have other teams too that are going to want to be competitive here in this Big Ten. And you have players like Washington, like Iodesumu from the Illini who are gone now. Who do you think leaves the biggest question mark out there as to what a team needs to do to get and get those shoes filled? Well, I think one thing for Ohio State quickly is a little bit of reassurance will be that Kyle Young didn't play in this game. It was a game-time decision coming in and was held out with an injury. He's a obviously big-time returner for them, going to rebound the basketball effectively, going to give them a post-presence that Zed Key hit a game-winner and played really well. But Kyle Young's an overall, I think, better player than Zed Key right now, and Key's going to be a really nice piece off the bench for this Buckeye team. But getting him back will help immediately. Yeah, I think that with Dwayne Washington Jr., it's interesting because it's kind of like Wisconsin's thing where you lose guys that are really good, but you also lose guys that took so much of your usage that who fills the usage is kind of a question. And it wasn't always, like I said, with Washington, the usage was always high. The efficiency was not. So it depended on what Dwayne Washington you're getting. Like the Dwayne Washington against Oral Roberts was, I mean, a flat out disaster. And the Dwayne Washington in the big 10 tournament was, or, or that game against Michigan. Do you remember that game on CBS where he went absolutely nuts Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday, a morning game where he went crazy. So like uh, you lose the usage and you're going to lose games. You should have won with, you would have won with Dwayne Washington's good games, right? His good side, but you also have an opportunity there, an opportunity to fill it with a bunch of young players that didn't have the usage they had a year ago. And all of a sudden now we'll get those field goal attempts up. We'll get the ball in their hands to make decisions and 
That's a thing where on day one of the season, it probably is a loss. On day 30 of the season, or game 30, I should say, of the season, it might not be. You might have found a way to find those young players' roles that they've stepped into and excelled in, and, and that's the beauty of college basketball. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be like that for a lot of teams trying to figure out who fills in where. For other teams, as we'll get to later on, it's going to be hard to figure out, like Purdue, we said, just trying to figure out how to get all of your really good players enough minutes to keep everybody happy. Asher, we've, we've got a lot to talk about here as we get into things and we'll dive into really the season as a whole, what it means for the Big Ten and how everything's going to maybe pan out as we start things. Obviously, this first night doesn't tell us anything as far as that goes, but, but who do you think was most impressive on this first night? Was it Purdue against that good Bellarmine team you mentioned? Purdue, not even yeah. close to me. I think it's <laughs> Purdue. And Bellarmine is a really interesting college basketball team. They, they pass the basketball more than almost anybody in the country. They, their entire philosophy is based on not dribbling the ball. Uh, they have possessions where they have, you know, 12 passes and one dribble and they score mm-hmm. and they get a layup. They, they play this entirely weird, it's called pressing on offense, the way their coach puts it. So point being, it's like playing a VCU or a West Virginia where they do something or like an old West Virginia, a press Virginia team where they do something different than what you normally see, right? Uh, They're not running stuff you normally see. They're not playing the way you normally think a team should play. And yes, uh, that can catch teams off guard for sure. It did not catch Purdue off guard yesterday. And their depth is ridiculous. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. I think they're a much better team than Michigan on paper right now. I really do. I think that'll play itself out in the Big Ten, and I can't wait to see how Michigan looks. I think they'll win against Buffalo, but that's a really, really tough game. And Buffalo's a better team than Bellarmine coming into the year, in my opinion. So, uh, and I think in most people's opinion around the country, for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see how they look tonight. But the depth is crazy. Travion Williams played 15 minutes in this game. He's an all-Big Ten player last year who took over games in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, he played 15 minutes. So uh, you return literally everybody from a year ago. Zach Eady, if he can play and start and play these spurts against smaller teams like Bellarmine and just literally be seven feet and skilled, he's going to tear people apart. Uh, a lot of teams apart. There'll be games where Williams, I think, is the guy to go to, maybe against uh, slightly bigger front lines where he can take advantage of a mismatch. The question is putting it all together. You have Caleb first, right? Uh, the young guy coming in and starting over Williams uh, because I think he pairs better with Edie. And I think that's obvious. The question is, how do you put it all together? Because you have a first team all Big Ten guy and Williams has been there for so long. You have Zach Edie coming into his own this year and year two. They don't really fit together on the floor together defensively. They're hard to play together on defense, and they both need to get time and need to get touches. How do you fit it all together? It looked good against Bellarmine. That'll be a question later in the year is how do they fit all the talent together? But like I said at the top, that's a really good issue to have. Definitely is. It's an issue that not just Purdue has, and we'll get more on that in just a minute. We've gone over day one. Now we'll try and see and predict what's going to happen the rest of the season here with Asher Lowe on Locked On Big Ten. We'll take a look at the rest of the year in college basketball and what may happen here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks has daily fantasy sports, but I know what you're thinking. 
Daily Fantasy Sports has been around for a while. These guys do it a little bit different, give you more opportunities, though, than all those other sites. At Prize Picks, you can not only use your Daily Fantasy Sports and play the way you always have, you can also play with college players, Power Five, Group of Five, all of them, in ways that other sites just don't offer. They've got a greater selection of college athletes to play with than any other site out there. So head on over to prizepicks.com right now or download the Prize Picks app in the App Store. Check out the product. And of course, if you ever sign up, use the promo code locked on. They'll give you a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. That's Prize Picks and our promo code locked on, helping us get you the show today. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by McDonald's. Now, McDonald's is not only the place for you to go for great, affordable food since 1965. It's also just a great place to meet up with friends, family, and reconnect. It's become a community staple across America, and it's still that place that you can go to make new memories too. So head on over to your local McDonald's, of course, get the great food, and get those things that you'll remember forever as well. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Back in on Locked On Big Ten. Again, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Once you're done here, head on over to Locked On Badgers, where Asher Lowe is every single weekday to help you make sure that you understand everything you need to know about Wisconsin. If you're a Badger fan, it's your go-to place. Be sure to be there as soon as you're done here. And again, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you do, however you listen to your podcasts. We're talking to Asher about basketball season as the year has officially begun with a whole bunch of games yesterday. Michigan, as we mentioned, facing off against Buffalo as the last Big Ten team to start its season here tonight. But I want to talk bigger picture here now with the Asher. As this season starts, it's a conversation that we had in football season, and I was really interested in it then. I'm even more interested in having it here as we start basketball season. In this thing that we have going on with players returning after COVID, getting an extra year of eligibility and being able to come back to teams and to honestly, in many cases, stack up teams through the transfer portal in ways that we've never seen before. It was something that came to my mind when I was watching the Michigan State-Kansas game yesterday. They had the graphic off the top that had like it was pretty much everyone on Kansas was coming back. They had top five recruiting class, which is honestly the recruiting class kind of normal. That's what always happens. But having everybody back and then also adding in, I, I forget even who what the name was, but three-time all-pack 12 player that they put into their starting lineup just to add in for kicks too, in the same way that like Marcus Carr goes over to Texas. Talking There's so Kansas? many teams. Hmm? Talking about Kansas? Yes. Remy Martin. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 him. Uh, but the, him and again, Carr to Texas and things like that, it, it seems like, we're entering this year where we're going to have just a quality of basketball overall at the top that's so much better than what we've seen before because so many players are feeling, one, one are coming back, but two also felt more comfortable in coming back for another year maybe after what they have been able to do with the eligibility with the COVID stuff. So uh, we can talk about what led to everything up to this point, but what it means now is that there's a lot of really, really stacked basketball teams like Purdue that we talked about, like a Michigan team that's really, really, really good too, and like a whole lot of other teams across college basketball. So I feel like it's going to be a higher quality of the game that we're seeing, but I'm not sure what it means for the actual like wins and losses of it all. First off, what do you think about just like 
I guess everything I just rambled on about is, are you with me in the, what we're getting in college basketball this year? Yeah. So first of all, quick, quick thing to mention Rutgers and Penn state also opening their seasons tonight, the ESPN top 25, the way they, they do the scores and the way they show schedules, like it only shows top 25 sometimes. So I, I didn't see those games on the schedule as oh, well. Okay. Rutgers and Penn state also opening their season. Everyone else opened it yesterday, but yeah, I think that you're going to see a college basketball landscape with a lot more really great teams at the top. Like you're going to see maybe 10 to 12 that we feel like are all in the same pool. Whereas last year it was very clear. And this is pretty rare in college basketball for it to work out this way, but it was very clear who the two best teams were after like month two. And they actually met in the national championship. Like that's pretty rare. And it happened last year. Illinois people were trying to make the argument. I don't think they were ever at that level, to be perfectly honest. And it showed, but Gonzaga and Baylor were the best two teams. It wasn't totally close. Illinois had spurts where they maybe maybe looked close. Michigan maybe had spurts where they looked close, but it was obvious. This year, I think you're going to see, like I said, eight or 10 teams that fill that Gonzaga-Baylor role. I don't think there's one team that maybe as good as Gonzaga or Baylor were last year, but I think that there's, like I said, eight to 10 that will be considered a maybe top team. I think there'll be a lot of arguments you can make for that should be the number one team in the country. That's actually the number one team in the country. It might change week to week. It'll change month to month. And come tournament time, I think you'll actually see probably a pretty chalky tournament, but a tournament that then leaves you with chalk maybe in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight rounds, but with games you have no idea who's going to win them. Like like there's nobody favored. Uh, Like the one seeds and the four seeds aren't that different is what I'm trying to say really. And I think that's the kind of year we're going to have in college basketball. But you never really know. You never know how things are going to play out. As far as the Big Ten goes, I think that it's actually the opposite of that. And I think that mm-hmm. we do have a very clear one-two in the Big Ten, and everyone else is a clear step below. And that one-two being Purdue and Michigan, whichever way you want to slice them, I've, I've really not seen many people say that it isn't those two teams at the top. I've seen a lot of people say it's this one at one and that one at one and have different opinions on that. So Big Ten's not exactly an example of the rest of the country, but – like I said, Purdue and uh, Purdue and Michigan will be two of those eight or ten or twelve teams we're talking about as possibly best team in the country material. So, do you think that we see a little bit more of a string away from kind of what we're used to, and that every big team usually is just beating up on each other throughout the entire season? And these standings seem to flip all the time. Anyone can win any game. Uh, obviously, it's still college sports, so that can happen. But I feel like my opinion is that not just at the top, but kind of all the way across, we'll see a a pretty big divide between the teams that really benefited from this change in whatever it is this year and the teams that really kind of lost out. Because I do think there were, especially, again, especially in the Big Ten, uh, some very clear lines drawn in this offseason between those two. You know, it's weird because I think there are two huge factors in college basketball right now that contribute to parity. One, creates parity and one is kind of taking it away. And so the transfer portal has been a huge topic of conversation, right? Everybody's talking about it in college basketball. It seems like there's a million kids in the transfer portal right now. And there were in the off season and this guy went here and that guy, I don't know who's on what team, everyone coming into the game is maybe you're not a super fan of college basketball and you're watching a game and you're like, I thought that guy played for really like he's on Kentucky now. So the great teams like a Kentucky, like a Duke, the powerhouse programs now, the thing about them is that they're not just star freshmen anymore. They're star freshmen plus dudes that have already succeeded in college basketball somewhere else 
and now want to take the next step, whether it be a Sevier Wheeler from Georgia going to Kentucky, whether it be a Kellen Grady from Davidson going to Kentucky, a guy that played four years, a guy that's a thousand plus point scorer at Davidson, a guy that lit it up in the Atlantic 10, a great league in college basketball comes in with a ton of experience. And that's the thing about those early season games for those stack teams is you're always like, at least the last, this is a recent thing, like last eight, 10 years, you're like, it's five freshmen starting and that's normal. And they're probably not going to look very good at the beginning. Well, that's not the case anymore. Cause you pair like a Paolo Bancaro and uh, uh, like the Duke studs, Akeels with dudes that have already played college basketball and a lot of college basketball. And the extra year only contributes to that with dudes coming back. I mean, Mitch Lightfoot is playing at Kansas. He's been there for six years. Jalen coleman Lands is on Kansas. He's played college basketball for six years. Not even over six years. Like, that's crazy. And so that's a whole different situation. But then the talent pool in terms of recruiting and the globe is bigger. There's a much serious, much more serious depth of talent for mid-majors, for small schools to go recruit from. And if you look at the great mid-major programs or mid-majors that succeed, they often have one thing in common. They often have a lot of international guys. And that's one of the areas where mid-majors are catching up. They're going overseas. They're going to places you wouldn't think of. Either they have international guys, JUCO guys. Those are the two huge ways that mid-majors succeed in the transfer portal or in recruiting. And there's a huge depth of talent there. So yes, maybe the parity is going to go away a little bit because of the extra year, because of guys transferring to bigger schools from smaller schools that were really good. But you can recruit at a lot higher level now as a mid-major just because there's so many more really good players. Well, yeah, it, it may be, again, a little bit different here in the short term, but I, I think that is nice to think about longer term and all those benefits that will come to, I mean, I don't know, I root for the little guy. I, it's hard to do, yeah. I think, thinking yeah. about the Big Ten, but, but yeah, you know, especially in college basketball, I feel like there's that special little Cinderella, a little aspect that everybody has. All right, Asher, let's talk a little bit more of uh, just actual stuff on the court here, Big Ten season. We've got a few teams, as we mentioned, two at the top in Purdue and Michigan. Uh, those are uh, undisputed top two. As you've said before, I agree. I don't think anybody is really disagreeing with that right now. Things will obviously change. But we have after that kind of this odd little second tier where Illinois is in there without Iowa to assume, but then Kofi Cochran does come back to kind of get them back into the conversation. Ohio State's again bringing in talent that's always good, but we mentioned the game against Akron. Maryland is seemingly a program on the rise. Indiana's not ranked right now, but everyone's kind of wondering what's going to happen with that team that was able to somehow Mike Woodson get everybody to come back into Bloomington. So where are you at in that second tier of teams and how things are stacked up going into the season? And also, what are the things that you think you need to see to find out where you think each team stacks individually? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on the Maryland bandwagon. I think I've told you that before, that I really love the transfer duo they brought in. Yeah. That's Russell and Kudish Rahab were two of my favorite players to watch last year and have been, at least Fats has been for the last couple of years. He is just, a, it's just a, a dynamic guard to watch. It doesn't always work. It's not always intelligent. It's not always efficient, but it's fun. And it's really exciting to watch him go to work at his size, right? Being as small as he is as a point guard and being as unafraid as, as he is to just launch. I really like watching him. And Kudish Wahab is, is, like I said, a really solid big man and one of the best bigs in the Big Ten already, just coming in from Georgetown. And had a really good uh, debut yesterday, 17-6 and six for him to lead Maryland in scoring in their win over Quinnipiac. 
So I, I'm big on Maryland. I wish they had either Aaron Wiggins or uh, had kept Daryl Morsell because, man, if you had one of those two guys on this team as well, then all of a sudden I think we're talking about the clear number three in the Big Ten. But losing those two guys really, really hurt them. But I think it's all about Fats and, and Wahab for sure with those two. Uh, Illinois, I don't know, man. I, I'm not as sold on Illinois as other people are. I love Andre Curbelo, like love Andre Curbelo. Uh, he didn't play yesterday, but he'll be back soon. I am the biggest Curbelo fan in the world. I just don't trust Kofi's development to be a guy that can do it for himself. And that was the thing about Io just complimented Kofi so well last year. So, so, so well. And Curbelo is going to compliment him really well too. But the difference with Io is that with Io, and what you don't have with Curbelo is with Io, you have a lockdown defender. You have a dude that can guard four positions on the floor, can take maybe their best player at times and guard him. And that's what you don't have with Curbelo. So that's a big drop off defensively. I, 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 I struggled to see how they're near where they were last year. And I feel like a lot of people kind of think they will be. And I, I really struggle to see where it's going to come from. I, I'm a big Io fan as well. So losing him is huge for them. And it's all about, it's all about really Curbelo's leap and finding a score or two outside of those two, outside of Curbelo and Kofi. Indiana struggled yesterday in the second half, big time. I didn't watch uh, the game yet or highlights yet. So I, I can't speak on why they struggled in the second half, but coming into the year, Trace Jackson Davis, obviously the best player in the big 10 on paper. I think coming into the year, everybody believes that 21 and 14 against Eastern Michigan saw a wild sequence he had in that game uh, on Twitter. Somebody clipped it where he had a block and then about two seconds later finished lob on the other end. Wild sequence. If you guys haven't seen that, look it up. That was probably the best sequence I saw in college basketball, maybe outside of like a 35 foot logo, Damian Lillard S game <laughs> yeah. Wichita state. I don't know if you saw that on sports center, but that was awesome from Etienne over at Wichita state. But yeah, I think, I think Indiana needs to find the shooting they didn't have last year. It's a better roster. And I really do trust in the Woodson system coming into college and, and being successful in college. Miller cop struggled yesterday. Rob Finnessy isn't a guy that I've ever trusted to score the ball consistently. They're going to need like cop Stewart Finnessy, one of those three guys to be a, a really good offensive piece for them to be legitimate. So uh, that's kind of the middle tier. Uh, in my opinion, Ohio state, I touched on a little bit already, so I won't get into them a ton. And I touched on Washington's loss, all that. So that's kind of where I see the middle tier of this conference going Rutgers is interesting. Michigan state. We already touched on too, obviously a little bit, uh, but they also could all fall in that middle tier. Iowa maybe two could sneak up a little bit. I think Keegan Murray probably takes the biggest leap in the entire conference this year from one year to the next. He's an NBA player. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I think he's probably a round one NBA player when it's all said and done in the NBA draft. So keep an eye on him out in Iowa city. Well, there will be a whole lot more, obviously, for us to talk about by this time next week. I mean, just through one day, it seems like there was plenty to discuss throughout the Big Ten play on the hardwood. Asher Lowe is the host of Locked on Badgers. If you want to know everything that Wisconsin is up to, we didn't really even talk about the Badgers here on today's Finally. show. That's all right. That's probably, that's probably a good thing. I'll tease it so you can come listen to it on Locked on Badgers. There you go. Big 10 here on Locked On is your first That episode listen. is up. We just oh, talked good. about the uh, St. Francis game. So if you want all the breakdown from that game, how Wisconsin looked, all that, that episode is up right now. It's up as you're listening to this one. So once you're done here, head on over to Locked On Badgers. Listen in with Asher and Ben Kenny. And then, of course, 
be sure to follow wherever you're listening to your podcasts now. Asher, thanks again for joining us here on a Wednesday. We'll talk to you again next week. Before we let you go, remind people how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, at ALOW underscore 33 on Twitter, at badgerswire.com, talking Wisconsin sports, and of course, Locked On Badgers, like you mentioned. And I'll be tweeting and clipping and talking about college basketball all year long. So definitely follow me on Twitter uh, at ALOW underscore 33 if you're a college basketball fan. Thanks, Asher. I'll be back in to wrap things up in just a minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar has been around the program for a while now. It's the protein bar with everything you need as far as nutrition goes. They've got, obviously, the protein, at least 15 grams at every bar, but low carbs, low sugar, low fat, and giving you that great flavor and 100% chocolate in every bar too. It really is a miracle worker what they're doing over at Built.com. So head on over to the website and check out their new flavors. During this month, they're giving out a new flavor every three to four days. Limited edition flavors coming in for you to try out. So head on over to Built.com right now. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. And when you try it out, I promise you're going to enjoy the flavors you choose because there's going to be as you look at the huge list just a few that stick out to you as oh wait that sounds like it could be really good go try it out right now built bar is the place to go for your protein it's built.com and our promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at the site BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. They've got a brand new user interface up on the website for football and basketball season where you can get all the best bets, props, parlays, anything that you could imagine up there at the site. And as always, they're helping us out here at Locked On and our listeners get started too. If you make an account right now at BetOnline.ag, use our promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just for signing up and using our promo code. Let them know that we sent you. So head on over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code locked on, get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and be sure to make the most out of your money right away. They've got everything that you need from making sure you're informed on everything you need to know to getting those bets in. Betonline.ag. It's the place for you to go for all of your online sportsbook needs. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. Thanks again to Asher Lowe for joining us. Thanks to you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. And once you're done here, tune in to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now before we go here on Locked On Big Ten, just a quick little nice reminder as basketball season gets started away to be grateful what we have. It's the holiday season, of course, it's November, and it can be easy to forget in the midst of whatever your team individually may be going through, what we have here as fans of the Big Ten Conference, and that is a conference that thrives all season long. There are conferences out there that are going to be shutting down here after the football season pretty much wraps up for the year. Don't worry, every conference that's elite in football, the SEC, for example, they've got good teams, but... A Big Ten has a certain kind of distinction to be able to compete throughout the year in football and basketball and be in the conversation of, is this the best conference in all of the country when it comes to this sport? 
When it comes to the two sports that people care about more than any other, football and basketball, the Big Ten can say it. Other conferences can say it on some seasons too, but I don't think anyone has been treated quite like we have in the Big Ten, being able to have a competitive, top-tier, top-respected conference in both sports consistently year in and year out. So while your team may lose early and often this season on the hardwood or may have lost already a whole lot here on the gridiron, Again, it's been a tough week for Nebraska. Remember just that we've got it pretty good here in the Big Ten Conference. Remember that there's a whole lot of people who aren't going to be caring quite as much about one of these years as they would the other. People who care about these schools often don't have to care about that. They care no matter what just because, again, Big Ten's that good. Again, it's just something I, I wanted to point out before we get into the honestly really ugly stuff of what's going on the rest of this football season and basketball season too. So that's it for Locked On Big Ten today. A reminder, tune in every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Tomorrow we're going to have, I believe it'll be Isaiah Holin. We may talk to Matt Sheehan here on a Thursday and have those two switch things up the next two days. But I I guess you'll have to tune in to find out here to Locked On Big Ten. Until then, Nate Dickinson with you here. We're going to start to get into our preview of the weekend coming up in football. And of course, we'll sprinkle in the basketball that we need to as things start to warm up in that season as well. That means we have plenty to talk about tomorrow. Until then, this has been Locked On Big Ten.